Hey, it's Meg. Welcome back to Just Meg. Uh, today's episode is a live Q&A. Um, I reached out on Instagram and I asked if you wanted me to talk about our, you know, talk about parent teacher conferences or if you wanted me to do a live Q&A. And you actually said you wanted both. <laughs> so here is your live Q&A episode. There's no rhyme or reason to this. It's just going to, I'm going to go through the responses and questions I have on my Instagram that you submitted. Um, and I'll do my best to answer them. Who knows where this is going to lead or how many rants this will lead to. Uh, but I'm super excited. So let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Just Meg, the unique podcast created to discuss anything and everything while remaining completely real, raw, and totally uncut. I'm your host, Meg. And it's time for us to get started with another episode. Hey, one thing before we get started with today's episode, if you could please take a screenshot, share it, tag me in it, and leave me a little bit of feedback, that would be absolutely amazing. I'd love to see who's listening, and I'd love to know who you are. So please, please, please grab a screenshot of today's episode. Tell me that you're listening so I can send you a little bit of love, but I had to say that before we get started. Thanks for listening. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Q&A with Meg podcast. I have my phone out and ready to answer your questions from Instagram. Um, and we're just going to jump right in. And I think I'll do my best. Like, it kind of looks like these are kind of all over the place, which is totally fine. Um, but, oh, also I have a coat. I have a cold that just hit me out of nowhere. Thank you, stress. So if I snuffle, I apologize. Um, I'm trying really hard not to. Like really, really hard. Like I'm pinching my nose. Should I do my podcast like this and just hold my nose? Probably not. That'd be really uncomfortable. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So I have a question and the question is, what's something that no one talks about on social media about teaching good or bad? Huh? What's something no one talks about? I don't know. Um, teaching is hard, but teaching is also fun. And I think that it honestly depends on the day that you talk to something. Mean, there are some people that are completely in love with teaching. I'm very passionate about teaching, but I'm also very realistic. <laughs> like, there are some days that just really, really suck. And that's okay. Um, you're not going to have all great days. But as far as, I don't know. Um, in my personal opinion, I think that our education system is broken. I think that it desperately has so many things that need to be fixed and updated and looked at as a whole. Um, but it's such a ginormous beast that no one really wants to tackle it. And there's so many opinions and like pedagogies and so many like people that are in the business side of education, which is sick and disgusting. Um, that want to throw their money into the ring and and do something for teaching, but it ends up hurting it in the in the end. So um, I don't know. That's just my opinion, but I don't know how many because like you can't really talk about that on social media. I mean, you can, uh, but it's so it's so hard to pinpoint like what one thing needs to be worked on or what one thing needs to be altered because it's a lot of things. It's a lot, a lot of things. Um, so my answer to that question is, I don't know. 
Teaching is hard. Teaching is great. It depends on the day. Um, it's exhausting, but you can do it and it's amazing. And it's like probably one of the most rewarding jobs I can think of in my life. Um, but yeah, as far as like what no one is talking, because if you follow, the, I mean, like people are talking about education, depending on who you follow. Um, you just might have to step outside your box and like go look for somebody to see who's got like a different opinion on education. It's out there. You just have to go looking for it. Um, someone asked, can you please share your workout playlist? Of course, on my Instagram, all of that is linked. If you ever want to ask me about like what sports bras I'm wearing that I work out or um, where I get my headbands <laughs> or uh, where my music playlist is, I literally have different highlights that are dedicated to those things. Um, and there's one that's called Sweat and Tunes and you can see like my workouts and you can also see like my Spotify playlist is linked in there and you can swipe up and save it yourself. Um, but also the exact name of my sports bras is in like my clothing one. They're all there. If you haven't checked out my highlights, they're there. Um, let's see. Next question. How do you teach math? Is it guided math, whole group? What stations do you have? Um, so this is really interesting. So I moved districts. I've, I've taught in three different districts in eight years of teaching. Um, the first district I taught for was my first year of teaching and it was all whole group. Um, and then I moved to my second district and they were very big on moving into guided math. And I absolutely loved that concept. Um, but where I'm teaching now, it's, it's a very different way. It's, it's whole group math instruction. Um, but the concept, it's a very conceptual, we use math expressions. So it's a very conceptual thing in math. And there are some days that I absolutely love it, to be completely honest. And then there are other days where I really wish we could incorporate some guided math, like differentiated stations and things like that. Um, so I don't I don't have stations uh, per my district um, curriculum that I have to stick very, very close to. I am teaching whole group math. Um, and I want it. I want you to be aware that the district that I teach for is very, very large. Um, and I, I don't have as much, what do I call it? Like lack for lack of a better word, I don't have as much creative freedom as I once did within my curriculum. I, I very much have to stick to what my curriculum has, what it has to offer, um, and using those materials rather than like supplementing with fun, like teachers by teachers resources or stuff that I used to create. I, I actually can't use any of the resources um, that I once created for math workstations and guided math. I can no longer use those in my district. It's not allowed. I have to use what the curriculum provides. Um, so that's why you don't see me sharing that as much. And that's like, that's another thing. A lot of people forget that I moved districts and that there are districts out there that do not allow you to stray away from the curriculum. I'm in one of those. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but there are times where like my creative side, I'm like, you could do, you could do this or you could do this, but like, that's not, that's not research-based. So this is where we're at. Um, let's see. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that one. <laughs> um, how do you stay? Oh, I snuffled. I'm so sorry. If that's going to drive somebody nuts, I am so sorry. My mom would backhand me in the next week. <sighs> okay. Breathing. Okay, here we go. How do you stay positive in a negative work environment? Okay, I get asked this question often. Um, and honestly, 
to be completely real with you, there a negative work environment is usually because of certain people that I've surrounded myself with. Um, so in those situations, I just make sure that I put myself away from those people and I don't ignore them by any means. Like I'll still say hi, or I'll still have like a friendly conversation with them, but I don't go out of my way to seek them out. Um, there, I'm trying to think, I don't remember where I was, but there was a time where I would avoid eating in the teacher's lounge because of negative atmosphere feelings. And basically, I would heat up my food, and then I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go work on some stuff. And honestly, some days I still do that. There are some days where I just need silence and I need to decompress, and I will go eat lunch by myself, and there's nothing wrong with that. So to stay positive, I make sure that I put myself first of all. Second of all, anytime I have those feelings, like I don't let myself stay in that situation. Like I move away from it. I walk away. I've I've even like I've gone and locked myself in bathroom stalls. Like anything I can do to get away from negative energy, I will do because I don't need it. I don't need it in my life. I don't need it in my space. Um, I've got one life to live and I don't want to live it surrounded by negative energy. So um, in a negative work environment, like I would just do things that make me happy and make sure that like I'm still cordial and I'm still friendly to other people. But there's a time and a place where you just kind of have to close yourself off to the negativity and do what's best for you. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. At all. But like I do know that those those uh, app environments exist. And that's so sad. And I know that some people will like apply to switch jobs and things like that, but that teaching's hard anyway. So when you have a negative environment on top of that, it makes it even harder. So I completely understand. Um, but just know that there is you sometimes you have to make your own sunlight. Sometimes you have to make your own sunshine and you have to do things that work for you. So it might be locking yourself in the bathroom <laughs> to get away or eating lunch in your classroom by yourself. And there's nothing wrong with being by yourself. Some people are so, oh, you're sitting here by yourself? Yeah, because I would like to just be able to think without being yelled at for five minutes. So yes, I'm going to sit. And I always sit in my room in the dark and people think that that's weird. But like, that's how I decompress. Like that, I just... I just need that time. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I've had to explain that to lots of people. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. Or I now have friends that completely understand that it's just a really calm time. And you don't have to come in and talk to me or anything. But they'll just come sit in the dark with me. And we don't have to say anything. And that's like one of the best positive relationships that I've built with people is that if they're just overwhelmed, we don't have to talk. You can come sit in my room if the lights are off, the lights are off, or you can just walk in and be like, I just need a minute. Like that's, that's not a big deal. I like having that positive space. Um, that is my classroom and I've worked really hard to maintain that. So when negative, like negative energy enters my space, I'm like, uh, uh, nope, we're not going to do this. Just not going to happen. This is my space and this is what I'm in control of. I control my emotions. I control how I react to things. So I'm just going to do my best to make sure that it's positive rather than letting your negativity eat at my soul. Um, <laughs> so it's hard, but you gotta, you're going to have to find ways um, to build in positivity for yourself throughout the day. And like sometimes it's just listening to a song. Um, I know some people 
I have a friend that will download episodes of Netflix on her phone to watch over her lunch because she eats in her room to avoid negativity. Um, And she'll watch Pretty Little Liars for like 10 minutes every day just to help her decompress. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Some people will listen to books or some people. I've seen I've seen colleagues like read a book over lunch and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Or they'll tune into a podcast like you have to in this in this world of education, you have to make sure that you are taking care of yourself mentally. Um, that's what I do. That's why I do my workouts in the morning. Like it's not so much of a physical thing, but like it's it's a huge mental escape for me. I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to worry about anything. It's just 30 minutes where I can just focus on this. And that's that's why I work out. Um which leads me to another question that somebody asked was, <laughs> how much weight did you lose in your eight-week program? That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> because I'm not working out to lose weight or change my, like, alter my body. That's not, like, I'm not a bodybuilder. Like, my goal isn't to be skinny in life. Like, I just want to feel good. And to be completely transparent, like, I had eating disorders and I had really, really negative relationships with workouts and things for a really long time. So I have to be very, very careful about how I view my workout. Because if I slip back into really being concerned if I lost a pound or if I, you know, gained muscle or if I dropped a dress size, like it becomes a very negative thing. And right now my workouts have been very, very positive and they've been a great space for me mentally. So I don't ever focus on the number. I don't ever focus on how many inches I lost. I don't have, it's all about how I feel and how it gives me a mental escape. Um, and I understand that it's like a natural curiosity thing. Like, oh, you're working out. So you must be worried about a number. No, we kind of need to break that that stigma that I'm working out for a number that I'm working out to hit a goal. Like I'm working out to take care of myself, period. End of statement. Um, so while I appreciate, and then it says you look great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that I look great, but like, honestly, I feel good. (laughs) And that's been the overall focus is feeling good. And I feel good. Um, I am going to do my eight week program another like uh, for another round. And this time I've decided that since so many people are obsessed with the number, I will track the number. But like it's not about the number for me at all. But I guess for some people, if you're going to ask, we'll go for it. But the thing is, like it's a lifting program, so I'm not going to be losing weight. I'm going to be gaining muscle. So the scale's not going to (laughs) move. like because muscle is heavier than fat. So there's a lot of things that go into working out and like knowing what's going on. So um yeah, my workouts are for my mental mental health, not so much my and it does help with my physical health for sure, but yeah, not not so worried about numbers and and things. Um oh look, my phone. Okay. Let's see what else we have. Um when and where did you and your husband meet? Great question. You're not going to know a whole lot about my husband. Um, just for like family safety reasons, like that's, he doesn't want to be known on my online account and that's totally fine. Like I'm going to respect that. Um, we have been married for three years. We got, we got married. 
oh, dang it. I'm like the worst wife ever because this deals with numbers. <laughs> like, we got married in June of 2015. 15, 16. So almost four years we've been married. That's a huge question mark. So, um, but we've been together way longer than that. I think we've been together for like 10 years. Um, oh my gosh. Have we really? Yeah. Eight, eight to 10 years we've been together, which is just nuts. He's put up with me that long. Um, and me and my husband, we, (laughs) we met at a boxed wine race. Um, and I, I showed up late, so I was not there for the tour de Franzia that people took part in. Um, however, he, he was the, uh, the champion, um, to paint a picture. So me being completely aware and him being very not aware (laughs) for lack of better terms to keep this clean. Um, that's how we met. And I just thought it was really funny because I like talking to people like random people, um, and I was like, there's no way on earth that you're going to remember this. So um, I'll just talk to you and it's fine. And then it kind of went from there. Um, somebody asked topic sentence mini lesson. Um, w- well, I teach first grade. So our focus is really just about making sure that we have capital letters and finger spaces in our sentences. Um, and recently, the mini lesson I covered this week was we don't put periods across the paper, like at the end of the line, like on the far right side, I had kids that would just go draw all the periods at the end of the line. Uh, we had to talk about how like, no, 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 like a sentence can go into more than one line by you like trying to think ahead, like good for you for trying to simplify the use of punctuation. However, um, your sentence stops way over here (laughs) and it's a question. So let's talk about that. So I'm not topic sentence mini lesson. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Um, that's very confusing to me topic because I don't teach topic sentences. Uh, I'm teaching capital letters and spaces and making sure that we're spelling our high frequency words correctly. So, um, Hmm. I'm sorry I can't be more help on that one. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Teaching first grade. It, we are nowhere near a topic sentence in any way, shape, or form. I think I taught topic sentences in fourth grade, and that was like five years ago. So I have no clue. Not a clue. Let's see here. Oh, I have to snuff again. <sighs> it feels like my nose is falling off my face. Actually, you know what? My life would be better if my nose fell off my face at this point. Oh, my word. Lord, help me. Okay, here we go. Next question. What has been your favorite moment of the school year so far? Oh, I love this question. Okay, so my (laughs) my favorite moment has been my little friend that came up to me and just squished my tummy. (laughs) And and they still do it. This child still comes up and like just, I mean, in the most loving of ways, squishes my tummy. And I think before this year, I would have been deeply offended that a child grabbed my fat. But now through this whole like mindset change, like it's so endearing. Like it just makes him happy and he rubs his face in it, which is a little weird. I'm going to give you that. But like it's probably one of my favorite moments because I was like, dude, what are you doing? 
And he was like, it's just so soft. And like, I don't think that it's soft, but like, you know, it is though. Like it's, it's fluffy. I can see how soft would be a term that you would use to describe that. Sure. And he's like, it just makes me happy. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, if that makes you happy, he's like, it's just like a little pillow. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a little pillow down by your lower abdomen. And ladies, let's stop and talk about this for a second. Your body is supposed to have a little pooch down there because it protects your baby making bits. All right. All of your internal organs that like it's protecting the tools that we use to create life. So people are so always negative about that part of their body and they want to get rid of it. Like, no, that's protecting like your future life creating materials. Like it's okay to have a little bump there. Um, and I used to, I used to think that it was terrible. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I'll never have a flat stomach. How dare I? Um, now I'm like the first furthest thing away from having a flat stomach and I'm absolutely loving that this kid likes to squish my stomach. Um, Oh, Kyle woke up from a nap. Okay. What is your favorite workout clothes brand? Oh, okay. Um, I'm loving my Victoria's Secret sports bras. They've probably been the most supportive sports bras I've ever had. Um, the only other sports bras that I've liked have been the Lululemon like Tata tamers, but those are ridiculously expensive. Um, so Victoria's Secret. <sighs> Not as expensive, but definitely, um, I definitely do enjoy those. And as far as like workout leggings, I usually do a lot of old Navy leggings. Um, and those aren't my favorite. They're just the most cost effective of something that I'm going to sweat in. But my favorite workout leggings are from Lululemon. If I had the funds to buy myself and I wear mine so much that my inner thighs have completely worn them out. My, my thunder thighs make storms happen for sure in my pants. That sounds bad. Hold on. <laughs> no, I wish I could edit that part. No. Anyways, it like rips holes on my inner seams. And I always used to be so embarrassed. Even when I was super, super like athletic, it didn't matter. My legs always touched. And this was always an issue I ran into. But my Lululemon leggings, I wear so much that there are holes starting to form and I've had them for years so they've held up really well but there are holes that are starting to show up on my inner thigh and I'm like devastated because now I'm gonna have to go buy because they're so good they are they are great pants great great pants so I would say those two things um how do you deal with others negativity um I avoid it I also like I've also learned this great skill from my father. It's called selective hearing. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Um, in all seriousness, like if somebody comes to you and they want to like dump their negativity, that's fine. But there's also this point where like you don't have to take on that energy. Like you can be there to listen and just kind of let it fall into the space between you, but you don't need to carry that with you. Um, so I've really had to work on like, Okay, yeah, I totally understand. But like as soon as they try to put it on me, excuse me, as soon as they try to put it on me, I I'm like, yeah, no. Mm -mm. Like I stay as neutral as possible or I'm like, okay, yeah, great. Like I have to go do this. Um I just stay away from the negativity as much as possible. 
because I don't have time for it. I just don't. I don't, I don't, I don't. And neither do you. Come on, like, respect yourself a little bit. You don't need to carry other people's burdens or negativity around with you. Think about it. If you ever have, have you ever heard people, like, commiserate with each other? Like, I've seen this happen in text message groups before. Or, like, Facebook groups. Or, you know, wherever. Wherever there's more than one person. (laughs) In groups of people. You honestly have these negative energies that are so focused on complaining. And what ends up happening is people try to relate to it and then you end up commiserating with one another. And it's just this endless, endless cycle of negativity. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. How dare they? I would never expect anything else. The political climate right now is definitely not helping with that. Um, But like what I've, I've had to make a conscious decision to just not involve myself. And I'm just like, yeah, I totally understand. Like, I do understand why you would be upset with that situation. However, I don't feel that way right now. I'm not going to take that on. I'm really trying to focus on myself. Um, so I just stay away from it. I listen if I need to listen, that's fine. And then there are some times where I just have to go do something that makes myself happy, whether it's listening to a song or whether it's like talking with a friend that isn't in that mood, like pulling myself into a different conversation that's way more positive. Um, Sometimes I'll listen to Jonathan Van Ness's podcast. If you have not listened to that, dear Lord, he gives me life. Like someday I want to meet that human in real life. Like that's a goal. Okay. Like I want to hug Jonathan Van Ness and have him pet my face and tell me that I'm gorgeous so I can die happy. End of story. Um, So if anyone listening has that access please let me know (laughs) please just tell me that I'm gorgeous I want you to tell me Jonathan um okay moving on let's see with Beachbody which I yes I'm a Beachbody coach okay do you use um jiggle juice on non-workout days and how many shakes a day good question okay so jiggle juice I I use once a day when I work out it's my pre-workout there have been days um, where I've like run out of coffee and I've drank that instead because it is plant-based. It doesn't give me jitters, but it does give me like really great focus. Um, so I have used that before and I do one shake a day and I have mine for breakfast. And honestly, I'm probably going to have mine for dinner today because my parents came to town and they took me to breakfast. Um, so, so that was a little bit different, but <clears throat> I'm not feeling well. And that superfood shake has, so many vitamins in it. I'm going to drink it and hopefully I can kick this little weird cold that I have. Um, so yeah, that's, I hope that makes sense. So jiggle juice, I will use once a day, but there have been days where I've used it in placement of coffee because I ran out. So that has happened. What types of behavior management do you use in your classroom? Oh, I love talking about behavior. Love, 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 love. I'm so glad you asked this question. Okay. Um, so what I'm about to say is going to either make you go, uh-huh, or it's going to make you go, ugh. Um, so my school, my district, uses PBIS. I'll give you a moment to have your feelings. Um, we also use a program called Boys Town, which is here from Nebraska. Um, and it's all about the language that you use with children when you're redirecting behavior or you're proactively talking about behavior. Um, I absolutely love 
my quote unquote behavior students. Um, they will make me cry. There are days where I'm like, I'm not doing enough for this student. How am I going to help them? And then there are little mini moments for like where there's like breakthroughs and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Um, but the biggest thing with behavior, the biggest thing is relationships. That kid is not going to comply or work with you or stay in your classroom if they don't like you. I've said that. Tons of people have said that, but it's so, so true. And you can't build a fake relationship with a kid. They're not dumb. They're not dumb. We, we give, we don't give kids enough credit. Like, had I walked in and been like, oh my gosh, I love your pink little shoes. Like one, that's not me. Two, they're going to read right through that and be like, um, I'm not saying with this lady, she's not even serious. Like this is not going to work. You have to take time. And I know that, you know, teaching is of the essence and you only have so many minutes per subject or whatever. But guess what? I'm not going to get to any of that curriculum if I don't take this time first to get to know this kid. So in my world, I break the rules and I'm okay breaking the rules because guess what? Curriculum doesn't come first. Students come first. And if I have a student that has huge behaviors or trust issues or whatever it may be that they're dealing with or any kind of trauma, I'm not going to get anywhere through my curriculum if I don't know that child first. So I work really, really, really hard to know something about each and every one of my students. For example, I have one student that uh, in my class this year that was never in their classroom last year and they, they told me, they're like, this student was never in the classroom. They were basically, you know, in, you know, another room by themselves often um, doing classwork. They would leave the building and run. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Sounds great. I'll wear my running shoes, <laughs> whatever. Um, but, and, and this, and like any child like that is going to push you. Like they're going to see if you're going to stick to your guns. They're going to see if you're going to be consistent because there's no trust. So until you build that trust, you're not going to get anywhere. Period. End of statement. So I always make a really big effort to get to know the kid. And, and I don't, I don't pull away from my guns. If I say I want you here and you have one minute to get your body here because I want you to be part of our classroom because you are part of this family in this room and you're not here in one minute, then there is going to be a consequence. And I hold myself to that. I don't let them get away with it if they got there a minute and five seconds later. No, I said a minute. I meant a minute because Later in the year, when I say, hey, we're going here now and a change of plans, I need you to be there on time and moving with me. So behavior is like one of my favorite things, and I could probably talk about it forever. And this episode's already really long, um, but I'm loving these questions. Clearly, I should probably do another Q&A because it would be amazing. Um, so I don't, I am my behavior management. There is School-wide, our principal implemented, like, a mystery motivator, and it's literally, like, an envelope taped to a thing that's, like, missed what's in the envelope, and you, like, have different rewards, like a go noodle or, like, a brain break or, like, two minutes out to recess early or, like, free coloring time, and every morning you draw one, and we set, like, a class goal. So uh, mine right now is five. If they get five tally marks of everybody complied, everybody followed directions, Everybody work together. Um, 
everybody help clean up the floor, whatever it is, like as far as building community goes. Um, if they do that, or if they're working on task and no one's in everybody else's business because first grade's a problem, we like to be in each other's business, um, then they earn a point towards finding out what's in the envelope. So that kind of builds a little bit of um, suspense. But there's definitely favorite ones that I'll use to put there. Or you can just have a goal, like be like, hey, here, this is what we're doing today. You get two minutes out extra recess if we hit 10 tally marks for whatever. Um, ooh, ouch, I just kicked my microphone. I'm sorry. Um, so that's kind of how I do behavior. Talked about the eight-week program. Do you lesson plan with your team teachers or independently? Actually, um, we plan together. Um, we deep plan two lessons a week. So we do one reading plan, really deep planning. And one math plan, really deep planning. And what that means is we take a lesson and we look at how we can proactively build in like math talk or questions or make the phonics part of this lesson a little more hands-on or like we already know that they're not really get, like getting L blends. What can we do to continue to carry this over into the phonics lesson for next week? Um, and that's been really, really helpful, deep planning with my team and being like, oh, we could do this or, oh, we could do this and make it a little bit more movement or make it a little bit more interactive. Um, so, but then away from that, like our basic lesson plans, we are each in charge of a subject, which actually I need to finish my plans tonight. Um, we are each in charge of a subject for planning and making sure that, that our team has those copies for the subject that we're planning, if that makes sense. Um, how to deal with a defiant student who won't sit the right way on the carpet takes forever. Okay, so here's the first thing I'm going to say. What is sitting the right way? Um, because I'm very, uh, I'm very fluid, not fluid, that's the wrong term. Um, sitting the right way is, is a very old school way to do things. Now, if they're like laying on the carpet and kicking people, that's a total problem. Um, and the thing is, I have looked at students who they're just not successful sitting on the floor around other people. So their alternative seat is a chair that's close to the floor. Um, and that kind of solves problems. But defiant, I love defiant kids. Because <laughs> um, they're a challenge and there's, and it's never directed towards you. There's always something else that's going on um, when it comes to defiance. So maybe they don't have control of things at home and they're trying to control the situation here. Are they wanting to get attention from an adult because they don't know how to seek positive attention? Um, do they not know how to relate to their peers and so they're seeking attention from their peers the wrong way? Like what, it, what, is, what is the behavior and what is the defiance? Because defiant is very general, um, first of all. And the second thing is, do you have to have that kid sit on the carpet or can they sit in an alternative space? Do you have a different sit spot for them? Could they sit in their desk or their table that is close to the floor, but they don't come to the floor because it's not a successful space? Um, in that in that area, what you have to do is you have to make sure that you have really, really clear, explicit expectations. Like, you are going to sit here. That means that your bottom is in your chair, your feet are under your desk, and you are participating in the lesson, meaning that I see you nodding your head. You're giving me eye contact. You're raising your hand. You're, when I ask you to turn and talk, you're going to go talk to this person. Um, 
and then stick to it. If they do not follow that direction, sorry, I snuffed. <laughs> if they do not follow that direction or they do not stick with those rules, then there's consequences until you can successfully do it. But on the flip side of that, you have to be very positive. Oh my gosh, I love how you're using, you know, you're sitting on your pockets. I love how you're nodding. That that really helps me understand, like know that you're paying attention. Um, and you and it's exhausting, but you constantly have to throw those phrases into your lesson in order for the carpet seating to even be appealing. Because let's be honest, I don't want to sit on the floor. I want to lay on the floor. I'm I'm almost 30 years old and I do not want to sit crisscross applesauce on the floor, mainly because I'm old and I'll lose circulation in my feet. But also I don't want to sit that long. I want to lay down. <laughs> so you have to think about it in those terms. Um, but find the positives. Like, did they go sit down for five seconds? Good job for them. That's really hard. Did they, and ask them, help your students advocate for themselves. Is it hard for you to sit on the floor? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, great. Would it be easier if you sat here? Because your choices are sit on the floor the right way or sit in this desk. Those are your two choices. Um, so yeah, I could probably go on about behavior forever and ever because it's like one of my favorite things. And I'm not an expert and I don't have a master's in it or anything else. Um, but that was the last question. So this was a lot of fun. There was a lot of information. Um, uh, let me know if you want me to do another Meg Q&A. This is fun. I like answering your questions for sure. Um, so let me know. I would love to do more questions or make Q and A's with you for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, if you have a question, send it to me. You can leave your feedback here on iTunes or whatever you're listening on, or you can pop over to anchor.fm slash just Meg, and you can actually leave me a voice message, which is amazing. And I love hearing those. Um, but there you go. There's your live Q and A with Meg on just Meg. It's awesome. And this was probably like my longest episode ever. So I'm going to go blow my nose now. So I stop snuffing and I hope you have a great rest of your week. Take a deep breath, do something for you, treat yourself. Life's hard and you've got one life to live. There's no reason to be negative about it. Um, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.